1: when i hear supper club i think i don't know 1940s schmancy dress-up destination for lavish entertainment and pricey eats but modern day supper clubs well they're stepping away from the old school with all sorts of new twists the vegas supper club scene has returned in full force and they're getting a lot of heat Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we take a seat with Review Journal Features columnist and sharp-dressed man about town, John Katzlamitas, to find out what's the deal with the ever-growing number of modern Las Vegas supper clubs and how to get the best bang for your supper buck. It's Thursday, October 26th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. John Katzlamidis, Katz of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas.
0: Hello, David. It's good to be with you, sir. David with a Y. I that say, is mm-hmm. me yeah <laughs> well
1: you're you're i i don't want to uh out you as an old person but you're a longtime las vegan and you've been involved mm-hmm. in the entertainment scene for a while and that's why we wanted to have you on CityCast today because we're going to talk about supper clubs uh which yeah. seems to be kind of everywhere now well, let's start from the start there john how do you define the modern
0: supper club it's a place where you can uh, dine uh Paired with an entertainment experience, um, usually built into the to the reservation. So that's that's the the short version of it. And do the do the modern supper
1: clubs differ in any way from I don't know the the old version that people might think of when they think of old Las Vegas?
0: You know, I think that there's a difference in the sense that some of them have a separate um, ticket buy with the dinner. We've had over the uh, the recent past have um, had some sort of uh, uh, included a cover charge for the performance and then tacked on dinner a lot. And in, in the previous eras, it was common that you would buy dinner or buy the dinner show package all at once. You know, there were two separate charges. But okay. I, so you just kind of get it all together. Right.
1: And and I'm wondering if there's a difference between old and new with regard to the sort of the, the social engagement component of it. Cause I've read that there is a lot of that, that supper clubs, Seem to be maybe more of an interactive with the whole crowd, or are people just going there and keeping to themselves? I don't know because I haven't been to a modern supper club, I don't think.
0: Yeah, um, unless you've been, well, the the modern ones that we're looking at right now are the fancy ones, first of all, are are places like Delilah in Las Vegas and Mayfair Supper Club, Um, Rouge Room out uh, at Red Rock Resort. Uh, is a new one that's just come online. Let's look at Delilah, for example, a a grand scale supper club. They have a a band on stage and dancers on platforms throughout the restaurant. So you go in there and you're eating, but you're also getting movement around you. And it's as interactive as you want it to be. Um, Mayfair Supper Club is uh, you're dining and you're watching an actual production show uh, that's, you know, got characters in the band and they're, they're playing roles and reading a script. They've got dances that ring, that encircle the uh, stage and the, with the, the the water in the background on the, on the uh, fountains of Bellagio. That can be seen as interactive and immersive to use two um, overused but appropriate terms. You know, a lot of these places strive for that and, and out a Rouge, the bands in the middle and the... the restaurants around it. Uh, same thing. You know, it's as, it's as much as you want to, but it's not frowned upon. Like in a normal restaurant, you wouldn't feel as mobile, you know, if you were to, to go to a, a proper place.
1: Right. So you're, you're saying people actually kind of have the ability, if they choose to, get up and sort of mingle with other mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. are just like you, customer of the joint.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Exactly. It's, Interesting. Sort of a, it's more, it's more, if, if it can be said, it's it's upscale and rather fun, but it's also more relaxed uh, to be in these places. It's it's a little bit less uh, confined. Okay,
1: it sounds like we've got food, we've got cocktails, and we've got entertainment all in that same space. What what do you think is the most important for the the supper club? The the food, the cocktails, or the entertainment? Act?
0: I uh, <laughs> that's a really good question. Great entertainment. Can mask some deficiencies in the culinary program. Interesting, Better right. than great food, <laughs> masking <laughs> mask bad entertainment, bad. right? Uh, uh, substandard entertainment. And, and cocktails were those those in? Uh, cocktails <laughs> is not my thing. It's a uh, you know I, I'm always on the fizzy water train. But I think what I would recommend is uh is is for people to go in for the entertainment and and the food is um, kind of a. Know a bonus. I think you go in there and have light snacks and have a good time at a lot of these places. If you want a real dinner, then your focus is going to be on that. But I, I think the primary objective here is to uh, is to be entertained. That's my feeling.
1: Okay. So entertainment, finding that top notch uh, production value or whatever. And I don't want to gloss over it, And I know that you don't imbibe, but certainly I-, I would think when I think of these kind of joints, that liquor is sort of Free flowing around you. Mm-hmm. Do, do they pay attention to that? Is that like a uh, afterthought or, or are they designing cocktail programs to, to your observation uh, that are sort of going along with the the mood of whatever this supper club movement
0: is? The, the, that is true, uh, David. You're right. Yeah. And I, I should make sure that I, and when I'm covering them, just, you know, make sure that that is understood. Like we have a new place called The Vault at um, Bellagio that's right behind the cashier's cage. And it's a small room, but their whole thing is about a period cocktail. You know, they give out cocktails that were famous in, over a particular era and a particular decade that are v- very well thought out. And their entertainment right now is simply just a DJ in the back in, in, oh. of this room. And there are few, just a few tables, but the, the food's small. The cocktail program is extensive and well thought out. And, uh, and the vibe is very cool in there, very cool. And it, I'm telling you that it's um, if you don't know it's there, you will not find this place. It is a genuine hideaway. It's There's an unmarked door behind, like I said, yeah. a cashier's cage and behind some, some uh, uh, table games. And you have to know where you're going. I mean, that almost sounds like an
1: episode. Speakeasy versus Supper Club, the new uh-huh. Vegas frontier, right?
0: <laughs> I've got friends who say the same thing.
1: Look, I've got in my head a very 1940s version when you hear the word supper club, you know, Mm -hmm. like those old time musicals where everyone is sitting around dressed up in tuxedos. The club is always called like the Tropicana or the Copacabana Mm -hmm. or whatever. And there's like a (laughs) Busby Berkeley choreographed number with showgirls. A singer descends from the ceiling from nowhere. Mm -hmm. Is that happening? (laughs) How elaborate do the shows get at the modern day supper clubs in Las Vegas?
0: You've described Mayfair almost to a T. I what? think they're still really? doing. I think they've got some lira hoops in that place. I th- the last time I was there, they did. Um, yeah, they have. They have aerial in there, and it's like, yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, it's like the old. <laughs> You know, somebody at the table is going to be uh, is going to get up and join the band, you know, for a number. You know, right. That's the right. Kind of the ingenue just jumps in. Yes. Or, yeah. Oh, me. I'm not dressed. OK. And, right. uh, you know, th- that has. Well, that's happened at Delilah, actually. they've That's people from the audience across. jumping in and being part of the show. There have been a couple of times when I've been in there when singers, we know who they are, are in the, band, in the room. And, you know, who are known kind of to Las Vegas are not superstars, but they come up and they join the join the band for a number. And we've had the celebrities there, by the way, who just do it anyway, like you know Justin Timberlake and, and uh, Jimmy Fallon, and you know those kinds of those those guys have gotten up on stage as well. Uh, Dennis oh, wow. Rodman got up with the band one night. Right, the and famous of, uh, singer Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Yeah, he's recording a live CD. Yeah, if there that's crazy. CDs anymore? No, he was, but he just joined the band. So yeah, a lot of them are trying to do that. But a good example of a one that is sort of um, in the face of that and is more you know kind of um vintage vibe but more forward thinking is a place i was just at last night vicks uh, las vegas which is in symphony park okay so now we're off strip off strip yeah this is a great off strip there's a, plenty of these off strip folks and uh i went in there because pen gillette was playing with mike jonesy jones the great uh bebop jazz uh, piano player and jeff hamilton Who's probably the greatest living jazz uh, drummer, and Penn is a, a great stand-up bass player now. Right, He's been working right. on this for quite a while, as you know. And that place was packed uh, for them, and it's a, that is a genuine restaurant that faces a stage with a with an advanced sound system, great lighting, every, every, there's not I mean a, not a bad seat in the room. The food's great, and that is um, what they set up is they're trying to get um, people from the Smith Center. Uh, from both Reynolds Hall and Myron's to come over after shows to hang out at the club. And their dedicated band is the Las Vegas Academy Jazz Players. They're out of the LDA, and that's pretty cool. I've been there a couple times,
1: and I've also heard, like, you know, it's, it could be really noisy. Uh, there were some complaints from some of the musicians that the the crowd wasn't particularly respectful. But, um, can can they compete? Can can a place like Vix compete with the kind of the more elaborate ones you talk about,
0: like it, at at uh, Delilah and Mesa? Uh, Vix is not at the scale of, of certainly of either one of those. You know, I think the thing with Vix is its location and it's uh, it's appeal to pretty much a locals audience expressly. You know, all the all the developments going down and. In, in, uh, in uh, the symphony park area that's what yeah for sure to for in. sure you know they're going after locals and and you will get inattentive audiences uh, especially at a place like delilah oh okay so that's not just a, a vix issue no 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 it, uh, mayfair is more you're you you're looking at the show because it's a show difference mm. the band at delilah the early band is sometimes just a trio and the late They shift over to a late show, and that has a more advanced band. And Sunday nights, if you're a music fan at Delilah, is a time to go because they have a big band in there. But a place to go that will be uh, that's sort of like a smaller scale that locals can enjoy is is Maxim Jazz here in Las Vegas. It has no cover but a dinner F&B minimum of $25 a piece, and they have some very good. Top-notch um, locals actually. like for example Joey Milotti, who's uh, Barry Manilow's keyboardist, has brought in bands in there frequently, and, uh, and and performed in there. The Hot Club of Las Vegas, a gypsy jazz band that is fronted by Nori Bell Gorgoy, a great singer, and Mundo Giuliarat, a great guitarist here in Las Vegas. Who you know, lo- local musicians really know this band. They're in there, okay. And so if you if you look for that, um, it's not they're not they're not going to be or claim to be the strip caliber. But they are um, they are significant.
1: Yeah, I, and that's a great lead-in because I, I I don't think anyone would disagree that there's just an endless supply of really talented performers, entertainers, musicians. It's all about finding the the right venue and and the right vehicle for their mm-hmm. talents. Uh, I, I am curious about these sort of like. Offerings for locals, right? Because as locals, we, we can't always afford to, to to drop the big bucks uh, all the time. Uh, and, and so, mm-hmm. I don't know, John, what are ways that locals can enjoy some of these offerings without breaking the bank?
0: Well, I would say, um, uh, um, <laughs> well, if you really don't want to break the bank, the dispensary lounge on and Eastern, which has been around forever, but just about 10 years ago, started adding jazz to its programming. Uh, That's a no cover. You pay a nominal um, fee for entertainment and they have a a tavern menu and they have a a little stage. I call it the Water Wheel Lounge because it's behind the fake water wheel or it's next to the fake water wheel in the corner. And that place kicks. Wynton Marsalis has played in there. Brian Newman's band from Lady Gaga has played in there. And it, it's it's a it's a small cozy little joint. And we should mention, by the way, Nomad Library. That's another supper club thing with Brian Newman, after dark. Lady Gaga's band leader. He's down at, at Park uh, MGM as well. Well, that's so. really neat that
1: he's kind of splitting his time between the Strip and way off the Strip because Trop and Eastern, <laughs> I think, is definitely yeah. uh, file under way off the Strip. I, I'm gonna just say I, I do love the dispensary. I I'm sad. Uh, to a certain degree that, uh, you know, they've been around since the 80s, I think, and certainly haven't, you know, uh, upgraded the the furnishings. And I think that's a positive. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, you know, going You're into right. a bar where there's carpeting and all this wood furniture and the water wheel that you described, that's, it's awesome. And I, they do have a great burger there. But the name, I think a lot of people get confused, think it may be a cannabis place.
0: So I, I felt sad to, for them on is. that. Yeah, when bad things happen to good names, yeah. <laughs> they didn't yeah. used to be a problem, believe me. That's true. No,
1: it's definitely one of my favorite recommends to people. Just the dispensary in general has been for years and years.
0: Any other uh, good locals recommendation? I'd say right now a, a pretty uh, a place that's kind of um, a, a sort of advancing the cause is the Copa. At the Bootlegger Bistro, you'll find us there a lot. That's on Monday night at Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns, which a lot of people think is the best band in the West. Um, they're certainly um, among the best. That's Lady Gaga's band. horn section in that show. That's Monday night. So they're bringing in national acts, jazz acts.
1: So this is at the Bootlegger Bistro, which is an Italian restaurant on the very, 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 very south end of the Strip. Right. Mm-hmm and and just entertainment in the middle of the the restaurant space no this
0: is the, the copa room is actually um attached to the the bootlegger bistro the bistro itself has entertainment nightly and and that's okay. just, that that is, that is also the the restaurant has uh, players in there every night and then in the copa room which is a proper room uh a, a showroom, a couple hundred 250 i think capacity oh. um they're they're doing they're doing shows and uh regular shows and they're offering food. They're starting to offer food for all those shows, which they didn't do before. So the Copa, like you described earlier, you know, the Copa Cabana. Yeah. yeah. And um, aside from Santa Fe, everything's new in there. And that's a cool spot that locals can get to it. You can park there easily. Got it.
1: So, John, what I'm hearing is it, it sounds like any place with food and entertainment can be a supper club, but some elevate it. Is that a fair summary of mm-hmm. how you're kind of describing yeah. it?
0: It's it's like everything else, David. It's kind of broadened its definition. You know, dispensary wouldn't say it's a supper club, but it's someplace you can do that. And if you look at a place like, uh, we'll, we'll look at the Opium Theater and its pairing with Super Frico. They offer entertainment in the restaurant. This is at the Cosmopolitan with some strolling entertainment from performers who will be in the stage show next door, which is a ticketed show. They don't call themselves a supper club. They don't like being called a supper club. But if you really want to get down to it, that's kind of the advanced uh, version of a supper club. It's what, what the Spiegel world has created there.
1: Do you think that they avoid that title because there's some kind of downside to be calling a supper club? What, what do you think their motivation is there? I,
0: I, th- I think their motivation is they want to be so different that they don't, you know, there's a lot of things called a supper club. We don't want to be called a supper club. Another one that doesn't want to be called a supper club is the new Voltaire at the Venetian where Kylie Minogue is going to be playing. Um, I, they're going to have food in there. They're going to have a, a, an international headliner in there and cocktails in a room that seats about a thousand people, but this is a completely, don't call us a supper club. This is a completely different nightlife experience. You know, that's what their message is because there's so many places that we refer to as supper clubs. So, um, you know, it's up to us to, to kind of weed out. It's like, you know, like the term residency has been morphed over the years. It's changed and things are, you know, artists might, not want to be called a residency in some instances. Supper clubs are the same way, but I, I, I for me, it's where you can have supper and be entertained all at the same time. Simply got it. And you know this
1: supper club uh, fervor that's happening right now, which I'm very interested to talk about. Is it in some way supplanting that whole bottle service moment that we had, where people were spending you know a grand on a bottle of Jack Daniels? Because it came out with
0: sparklers and and, and pretty servers, mm-hmm. these places want to be the counter to that. You know, I think it's for <laughs> I think it's for folks who are, are over that particular entertainment experience, have kind of grown beyond it or gotten out of that out of that demo, and still want to have a good time on, uh, a good time at night in Las Vegas. That's especially what Voltaire has been talking about. You know, you don't feel like you're not going to feel like you've been beaten up after a night out. Certainly Rouge Room out at the uh, at Red Rock is set up that way. It's not going to be um, EDM thumping all night long and you're not able to really hear the person you're with. It's going to be more more atmospheric entertainment in a lot of ways and, and a way that you can you can enjoy it. come back to a conversation, enjoy the food and be a little calmer, I should say.
1: Yeah. So do you think supper clubs are for everyone? I mean, if I'm the stereotypical tourist who's never seen anything like this, and I show up to one of these clubs in, I don't know, Bermuda Short and flip flops. Am I going to have a good time?
0: <laughs> I think you can. You know, yeah, I think you can. There's another place that we should note that fits what you're talking about, David. And it's, it's called the, um, the Composer's Show Lounge. And it's, it's being built into the commercial center right now. Now, this is being developed at what was used to, what used to be called the Nevada Room in the Commercial Center, which faces Lotus of Siam and faces out toward Sahara, as you drive into the Commercial Center, right? God, it was a... Uh, it's Latin, actually been a
1: couple right. of entertainment efforts that didn't last long yeah. at all, to the point it where was, some people think that space might be a little, I hate to use the word, cursed.
0: It, well... It, I think all of Commercial Center you could say that about, but it's now been taken over by Damian Costa, who um, runs what's called Pompeii Entertainment in Las Vegas. And he also manages Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club at Link Promenade and the Duomo at the Rio. um, He wants to showcase Supper Club Entertainment starring Las Vegas entertainers. So um, that's coming online and that will be more It um, uh, will certainly be more locals friendly and, and more of a value. I don't know what the price points on everything are going to be yet, but it will not be in the, whole, in the same scale as some of the others we've mentioned previously. And right. I think, I think if they do it right and if they can change the trajectory of what's been happening at, at, um, at Commercial Center and the Clark County commissioners are very interested in, in invest enticing more investment down there. I think that they'll have a shot. This is their best shot of success at that particular venue that they've had.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they could succeed where others have tried. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. what, what is it about this moment in time that these supper clubs are proliferating and
0: seemingly thriving? I think people want to be able to put as much into a visit to Las Vegas or a night out in Las Vegas if you live in Las Vegas as they can. So jamming together meal and entertainment is a good idea. There's so much more to do in Las Vegas as we know There's so much competition for your money and your time that you have to be kind of efficient. So you could say, well, maybe I could go to this headlining show and do a big dinner after. Or they've got this Mayfair or they've got this Delilah thing that we could do and it's all in one you know, or you can do, you can do more with your time than you used to be able to. I think that's a big part of it. I think people want to, want to be more efficient in the way that they spend their time in Las Vegas and if they can get great food and a great vibe and some cool entertainment in their visit, they'll do it.
1: John Katzlamitas of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, thank you so much for sharing all that here on CityCast Las Vegas.
0: Thanks for having me, David. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
1: And now for some listener feedback. David Turner has lived in Vegas since 1960 and called in about one of our Red Rock episodes he listened to recently. Here's what he had to say.
0: I do not agree with letting anybody build within the sight line from Red Rock Canyon, and they're already doing it in his site, and I'm opposed to all of this. Thank you for your time. Bye.
1: And another listener texted us about Monday's rerun on why some bands still skip Las Vegas. They wrote in with a suggestion. If you ever revisit this topic, you should try and have some of the buyers who book the low and mid-level acts at the non-strip venues. Thanks, everyone. And don't forget, we love your feedback. So leave us a voicemail or text us at 702-514-0719. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Another place you could give us feedback is in a review wherever you're listening to this episode. And while you're there, a five-star rating would be a great gesture to let us know you like what we're trying to do in the city we all love. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky. We both have names that make people think
0: what uh, is going on there that's that. for sure. david with a why or why not as we say but you got mine right so thank you that's not oh uh, my well <laughs> lots comedy. of practice sure <laughs>